electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Election Day is here. Futures are building on Monday's rally, which was the best Dow gain since October 7. Ten-year yields higher, dollar weak, as investors position for the outcome and when we get it. Our roadmap begins with nearly 100 million votes already cast before polls opened this morning. Stocks are rallying as markets brace for a busy day. Plus, we have some breaking news in this last half hour. The Shanghai Stock Exchange suspending Ant Group's listing, citing major issues. This, of course, just days before what would be the largest IPO of all time. We will give you what are the latest details. And social media election strategies, how Facebook and Twitter aim to tackle misinformation on their platforms as voters head to the polls and beyond. Whatever beyond means, Carl. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, David, thanks. Uh, Guys, um, we're going to be talking all day and all night about Arizona, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina. Jim, uh, Goldman's got a note out just now. Jan Hatzi is saying uh, because it would be difficult uh, if uh, the president does not win any of those states, quote, there's a good chance the election outcome will be clear on election night. Right. I mean, I think that that's what the market's saying. Okay, so the collective voice of the market, both yesterday and not just the morning, but when the Nasdaq rallied in the afternoon and today with the futures are just people who say, you know what, we cannot afford after last week with the market being down, we can't afford to wait for the outcome. We have to presume that the outcome is going to lead to some sort of conclusion, period. And a conclusion's good. Uh, Last week was the week that I think anticipated what we would have had this week. And, David, sometimes the market is too smart for its own good. A lot of people got out last week saying, you know what, i got to get out ahead of what is going to be a big decline on Monday and Tuesday. And uh, they fooled themselves. And the traders were just, they were doing so, there was so much activity, David. I mean, the idea that the NASDAQ was getting crushed and then they raised the NASDAQ. I mean, what is that? I mean, I think people just were afraid. I don't want to miss what happens after we know who becomes president. And it's not going to be as contested with the hundreds of lawyers as we think. Well, you know, listen, I think many of us hope that that's the case, uh, because otherwise it's certainly going to be a more difficult period. And people are girding for that possibility, Jim. You know, uh, let's not forget, though, the path of covid, uh, what's going on around the world. I'm just curious. You're referencing, of course, the declines we saw last week. How much and can you figure out how much is dependent on and or connected to what are continued rising cases around the world, continued, I don't want to call them lockdowns, but well, they are in some countries. They are, not here, and it doesn't appear we're going there. Or how much is just trying to position for whatever the election outcome is at this point? Look, I think that the way you monitor that is oil. Uh, I think oil is a true arbiter of growth right now uh, because the supply is pretty constant, but this is a a big sign of a belief of decline in demand that is led by the 770 million people that live in the Eurozone. And I think that what that said was things are getting dramatically worse. Uh, They seem to have completely lost control of it. 
I know there are a lot of people, the so-called anti-maskers, David, who are saying, well, you know what? They have all these rules and, and it's not cutting it down. The rules aren't being enforced. All right. The rules are not being enforced in these countries. And one of the reasons why things are so out of control is that they're not shutting anybody down like you did in New York, where they visited you and they said, you're done. Yeah, and the place well, next door I mean, to me. Our country as well, though, is is kind of out of control. Wisconsin at this point. is an area where everyone's so proud that the bars are wide open. Yeah. But there is a belief. Yeah. And Carl, I think that we all feel this. There's a belief that the president's view is, you know what, uh, if you're young and healthy, have knock yourself out. And if you're uh, uh, worried, stay home. And that's another way to approach things. That's the laissez faire approach. But the laissez faire approach is leading to a, a map that comes out every day, which shows that there are areas that are more laissez faire. And those are the areas where there's more people sick. But the president then rebuts yeah. that by saying, that, no, there's more people being tested. And it, they're not, you, you know, obviously those things are not responsive. That's circular reasoning. But, you know, when you contest uh, it, people yeah. just say I mean, you're yeah, anti-Trump. That's why uh, we pay so much attention, Jim, to hospitalizations. Uh, Morgan Stanley with a note today saying that 14 states are seeing essentially per capita hospitalization ratios that are the likes of which triggered the EU lockdowns, South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana, all of that. Uh, They also say that the rate of growth in the U.S. has so far surpassed their bear case, running about two weeks ahead. Uh, Scott Gottlieb, of course, on Squawk earlier today, talking about whether or not we may see an extended period of 1,000 deaths per day. Take a listen. The sheer fact that we're going to be infecting so many people right now um, is probably going to mean that the death tolls get well above 1,000 for a sustained period of time. And so it's a very grim couple of months that we face. I think that this is the last sort of acute phase of this pandemic that we need to go through and things will get better in 2021, but we need to hunker down and be careful over the next couple of months. Jim, that's sort of been his his running theme is it's going to be this is the the toughest period we're going to face. Yeah, you know, my daughter lives in Spain. She teaches English uh, in in middle school in Madrid. Uh, Everyone thinks that Spain, Spain had a very serious lockdown where if she were to go out, she was allowed to go out once a week to go to the grocery store or accompanied by a policeman. And then they thought they won. Uh, I have a a business in Italy. I mean, I I thought we were going to go over there. They thought they won, but they didn't win. Nobody won. And there was a relaxation, the likes of which was, hey, you know what? Happy days are here again in these countries. And we can't afford to do what they did. David, they genuinely believed that COVID was beaten, like in China, like in uh, Korea. So masks off, have a dynamite time, uh, open the bars, and it failed. It did. It did. Uh, it's not gone. You saw the memo that was leaked from Debbie Burks, right? Yeah. Um, which basically says, hey, there's no vaccine right now. There's no, no therapeutics. It's, yeah. it's raging out of control. And uh, we got to all wear masks. How about Meg's Period. excellent reporting yesterday where they basically, Regeneron is so good, but they have 50,000. Yeah, I know. They, they'll have 300,000 doses. I mean, we're running 100,000 cases a day. Right. Now, thankfully, many of those may be, or a number of them may be asymptomatic, not going to need the monoclonal antibody cocktail that Regeneron has. Or, but, but there's no way to keep up, Jim, which is why I continue to come back to the small molecule antiviral 
for example, that Merck is developing as more important because you can manufacture so much more of it. Millions and millions of doses. Right. That can scale. Yes. And Mr. Frazier is not the CEO of Merck is not going to come on here and say, listen, we've got the we've got the drug. No. I mean, Carl, there's a reason why the president was bad one day and Superman the next day because Regeneron works. But Meg's whole reporting was, it, look how hard this thing is to make. And it was great because it showed that Lynch Life was not like keeping it back. Uh, what a uh, what people would pay for that is not the way it should be allocated. But again, we have a state system, not a federal system. So I think that Regeneron, we don't really know how that's going to be, how it's going to work. There's an article today in, 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 everywhere, this University of Arizona study, Arizona study about Quidel and how their um, 15 minute test, the antigen test doesn't work. Oh, well, that's great. So throw that out. I have Thermo Fisher on today. They make the PCR machines. They had one of the most amazing quarters and pre-announced and then made more. They have a PCR machine that does 6,000 tests a day. That is what we need. Now, the president would make that political. Well, right. that's the reason why we're sicker than we think, but we're not sicker. Or what? I don't even know anymore. But the fact is, David, that yeah. Thermo Fisher, which is the foremost PCR machine, they cannot make enough. 6,000 a day is not enough. No. And, and increased testing actually still does help a great deal by identifying where there are clusters. Although at this point, again, as we've said, it seems to be kind of raging out of control in a number of states. Jim, I always like to bring up the 10-year or even the 20-year thermo just to show how you can create real value over time i mean mark casper wow mark casper does not promote himself um they're going to try and put it up i just you know because we have a chart we are going to bring it up because it's just worth for one moment because we do you know here occasionally actually want to celebrate uh some of the people who are extraordinary look at that i mean look at that well, that's what happens when you're the best. I mean, I, I've met a number of people who work at Thermo Fisher, and they're quite proud. Uh, they have the best machines. Uh, they have the best PCR, uh, PCR being the one that is considered to be almost. That's what we, anybody who t- swabs and it comes back. They were back, doing a lot of that's stuff before be PCR came along. I mean, they've been creating value for a long time. Well, it's, they're the ultimate diagnostic company. Yeah. They create diagnostics. We know that Roche can do it. Roche is involved. Uh, Danaher is another. It's the, great, Carl, it's the greatest business in the world to be Sorry. in that business. Um, That's the gold yeah, rush. came out of nowhere, Jim. Uh, testing uh, and, and diagnostics, absolutely. Um, meantime, uh, we're going to be on, obviously, uh, election watch all day today. Eamon Javers has a look at some of the states of play on this election day morning. Hey, Eamon. Yeah, Carl, and what's stunning here and when you look at these numbers is just the range of possibilities and probabilities that is still wide open on this election day in the United States of America. Take a look at our States of Play poll. This is done by Change Research. We're looking at the battleground states, those swing states now, and likely voters in those swing states. We've been following them all election season. This is our final one, and what we find is Joe Biden has a lead in all of them. Uh, In five of the six, he is at 50% or better. So states like Arizona, 50%, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, 53 percent, Michigan, 51 percent. But then look at North Carolina, 47, 49. That is awfully close uh, to the 1.7 percent margin of error in this poll. So call North Carolina a draw right now. Uh, The only state where Biden is under 50 percent in our polling. That would indicate if you average it all out that Joe Biden has about a 50 to 46 lead over Donald Trump in those battleground swing states that are going to make the difference tonight. All of that suggests maybe a good night for Joe Biden. 
But then look at this number here. This is the uh, Trump handling of the economy number. And we see some movement very late. Uh, it's a small movement, but we see movement toward the president here. Uh, you look at this number 5149 uh, for the president and that number is moving in the president's direction since October 21st. He is now above water on the handling of the economy. That's been his strong suit and his calling card. It's moving late uh, and in a small way, but it is moving in his direction. So is that an indication of something for the president to hang his hat on today in some of these battleground states? We're going to have to wait and see for the results tonight, Carl. Uh, Eamon Javers, uh, thank you so much. And by the way, of course, yeah. CNBC's special coverage yeah. of this your money, your vote yeah. begins tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We'll take a break here. Futures looking pretty good as we build on Monday's rally. We'll talk about some of the dollar weakness this morning as well. It's one thing to move futures, quite another to move the FX market, uh, market as we're seeing this morning. We're back in a moment. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX. Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome back. I want to share some very big news that uh, has been developing this morning out of China. Of course, as our viewers know, we've been following the prospective IPO of Ant Financial, the largest initial public offering of all time, not listing here in the United States, but would be listing or was said to be ready to list in uh, Hong Kong and on the relatively new star market in Shanghai. And again, distributing shares around the world, including to many U.S. based investors. All of that appears this morning to be going up in smoke. Uh, the uh, Shanghai Exchange and we also know Hong Kong as well uh, have both um, essentially suspended the listing this morning. Um, it's very much not completely clear, at least at this point, what is at stake here. And we're going to get to Eunice Yoon in a moment to try to uh, help uh, help us understand exactly what's going on. But what appears to be at issue to some extent, at least, is um, the capital reserves that the company has, regulation in general. Uh, there was reporting that Jack Ma, of course, the former the founder of Alibaba, uh, former CEO, chairman of that company who Ant was created under, remember, it was once a part of Alibaba. Their Alipay system was developed there, um, that he had a meeting with uh, regulators. He'd been somewhat critical of the regulatory uh, function. Um, but again, a, a lot we don't know. What we do know is Shanghai and Hong Kong stock exchanges have suspended this. And there is concern that it will go to the heart of the business model, which is that they'll need a much higher reserve, reserve requirement. Um, which, of course, would impact their ability to make money. I can't emphasize enough the gray market trading that's gone on over these last few days in this stock. Uh, really a lot of things to unwind. Let's get to Eunice Yoon, uh, who can join us now and perhaps shed more light, Eunice, on what is a developing situation, to say the least. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, the Shanghai stock market, just as you said, uh, just tonight had uh, said that it is delaying the IPO. And the reason that they gave was that they said that the Ant, that Ant Group had recently reported to China's securities regulator about the significant changes in the regulatory environment and that this major development, the exchange said, might make Ant Group fall short of listing requirements on the information disclosure. Now, as you had pointed out, the IPO was supposed to take place both in Shanghai as well as Hong Kong on Thursday, uh, but uh, now it is uh, not going to happen for um, an, an undisclosed period of time. Um, we spoke to Ant. They issued a statement and said that they were notified by authorities and that because of that, as a consequence, um, Hong Kong would also uh, suspend its IPO. Um, in terms of some of the uh, speculation that you had talked about, um, this does come after uh, Jack Ma, as well as other top executives at Ant, had been summoned on Monday uh, to talk to the regulators at the banks, um, the banking regulators, or the securities regulator, uh, currency regulators, uh, about this IPO. And it also comes after um, a speech that he made on Friday. Uh, which was very widely reported in which he was highly critical of regulators for not supporting the fintech industry enough. He also made some comments on the Chinese economy, which raised eyebrows, uh, because uh, when asked about the Chinese economy, he said, and, and if the Chinese economy has systemic risk, he said that the Chinese economy wouldn't have systemic risk because it has no system. And as you all know, uh, Jack Ma is quite a flamboyant guy. He's a very, um, um, you know, um, he, he, he kind of is free and easy with his language. And so, David, because of that, uh, that, could, that, that is raising speculation among the, the tech community um, as to whether or not this is seen as punishment from the, the regulators for his um, very vocal criticism Eunice, of uh, the Chinese uh, system. Yeah, Eunice, I mean, again, these are reports that we're getting that the online loan regulation, and obviously online loans are an important component of Ant's business, um, that they will force the co-lending ratio to go to a minimum of 30 percent. Right now it's about 1 percent. And that's where you make your money. Uh, do you have any confirmation that that's possible? Because that will upend the business model of Ant if and when it does finally list. Yeah, I, I don't have any confirmation of that, but there has been uh, quite a bit of criticism and concern about uh, what people he here see as a systemic risk within fintech that uh, that uh, uh, that Ant uh, would be able to um, would be given a pass uh, because it, it wouldn't quite. It's kind of, as you said, living in this gray area and that the regulations um, aren't there yet uh, for this this company. So so a lot of concern about that. And uh, it looks as though that could be one of the reasons why, or at least that's what people are saying. This could be one of the reasons why um, Ant Group is is being uh, more heavily scrutinized by the regulators. Eunice, uh, it's a story we'll be watching closely, of course, as we were, as you say, getting ready for this thing to start trading on Thursday the largest uh, IPO of all time. But, Carl, it doesn't look like it's coming anytime soon. And if it does, its business model may look a lot different. Uh, yeah, big story this morning, guys. Uh, David, thanks. We'll take a break. As uh, we said earlier, futures look strong here. Ten-year uh, yield, uh, almost 88 basis points this morning. We'll get the mad dash and the opening bell in the next few minutes. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older like a family vacation. 
or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Time for a mad dash as we get ready for an opening bell on this election day. Jim, uh, PayPal, of course, still has a market value above uh, Bank America, but maybe in doubt today. I don't know. Oh, please. It's having a better year. <laughs> All right. So listen to this, David. You'll see the stock down. Why? Yep. Because they did say that there's going to be some problems with the, uh, the eBay transitions faster than expected. Obviously, that's not good. But you know what? Do you mind if we think more than just a week out? Dan Schulman in the Unbelievable Conference School says the digitization of the global economy combined with the rise of digital wallets will drive our growth over the next decade. Well, that's next decade's better than the next four hours. Uh, four billion transactions growing 30 percent. And, David, for the cryptomaniacs, they are making it easy to do a little crypto action. So I think this was uh, Venmo plus 65. Let it settle. Whoever's an idiot enough to sell it, let them sell it. They, they're taking a little profit. And then you probably want to scoop some up. Yeah. I mean, they generated and it was down this quarter, but four billion so far this year in free cash flow. Um, but it does trade at some hefty multiples, Jim. Well, OK. 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 It's taking over the world. It is. Yes. It's not it's not it's not completely it's like disconnected from our last story on Ant again, which goes to digital payments. Well, digital. they're another, taking yeah. over the world, too. Yeah. But, you know, Venmo is incredible. I mean, these are this is a younger generation thing. How how hard I fought to get that Macy's card. because I, I need a little credit. I mean, PayPal is the way a, ge- a generation around the world, a younger generation than you, may I add, uh, any of them. Uh, is is doing is taking this up. And yes, there are people who don't like their forecast, feel the forecast was showing a dramatic slowdown and three to five percent headwinds from eBay and, uh, you know, a 17.18 percent, 17 to 18 percent guidance when the thing was growing 41 percent. You know what I say? Let it come in. It usually isn't over in one day, by the way, because these people just say, you know what, Dan Schulman is really signaling that it's slowing down. He signals every quarter that it's slowing down. And then, David, it proceeds to become bigger and bigger. I know comparisons are odious, but you are doing one to Bank of America. I remember when people said when Tesla passes Ford, that that's going to be the day that Henry Ford rolls over in his grave. Uh, yeah. Then it was GM. Then it was GM <laughs> and Ford. Then it was Ford GM twice. And then it was, I mean, enough. Right. Right. Well, it is bigger than Bank of America at the beginning of trading today by about $12 billion in market cap, $220 billion to two hundred. It's got a better balance sheet. Yeah. It's had a better year, as you said. Yes. Carl. Hey, Bruce, thank you. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, getting close to the opening bell in about a little over a minute here. Jim, one quick comment on stimulus. Uh, Treasury uh, downgrading their Q4 estimates of borrowing. 
uh, basically a signal that uh, stimulus is a lot less certain now than it was a couple of months ago. We haven't talked about it in a couple of weeks. I just wonder at what point is the market convinced that because ISM was the best since 18 that we can get through uh, to January if we need to? Yes. I mean, there are enough senators in the uh, Republican senators who believe in the V, not the swish economy, but the V economy. Uh, there are a lot of people who believe in the V economy. And yesterday, the PMI was incredibly strong. PMIs all over the world are strong. I mean, the industrial sector remains strong. I had waste management on last night, Jim Fish. And business has gotten very good. Uh, and by the way, he recycles newspapers, okay? Well, the d- demand from the box companies is great. So the traditional indicators, uh, liner board, uh, chemicals, are all much stronger. And-, and that's because there's a part of the economy that is on fire. It's the industrial economy, believe it or not. It's not the service economy. We're a service economy country, but people don't think that. David, they don't. We'll be looking for motor vehicle uh, numbers today as well, guys. There's the opening bell. Uh, Breath once again, uh, pretty good. In fact, yeah, uh, very few S&P names, Jim, in the red. You mentioned China yesterday. Uh, Lizanne Saunders, our friend from Schwab, uh, tweets a, a chart. Basically, it's a basket of Russell 1000 names most exposed to China. It's been underperforming for two years and is basically now back to in line in terms of relative returns. If you can get something that is related to China and the strength of China, you got a winner. Now, if you want to go even further and talk about Vice President Biden and what happens if he gets in, then you have this coronation of American companies. Uh, I know that people don't want I mean, it's a very sticky thing because obviously that's where the virus started. Uh, They've got the virus under control. They've got a very strong economy. I am actually recommending for the first time J.D., Baidu and Alibaba. David, the faded Alibaba. Hmm. Yes. Wow. Well, China is on fire. It is, although Alibaba, you're picking a a bad day, or maybe it's a good day, depending on to to talk about Alibaba, because it's getting whacked on the uh, ant news. I know that. That's why I thought it was an opportunity. Remember, Alibaba uh, owns 33% of Ant Financial, and what appeared to be an IPO that might have a might accord a value to Ant of I know, some two hundred fifty three billion dollars. This is the first opportunity you've had. You can imagine, and the stock has been moving up into that, and of, uh, of course also on the strength of the of the Chinese consumer. Right. Well, uh, JD is well. probably better now. David, when is that the communists throwing that single state thing? Eleven eleven. They are unbelievable. Eleven eleven. Is anyone is anyone more capitalist than the communists? <laughs> uh, it's a what, big what day. What do you think Marx is thinking about the single state? So you know. know what? The people should have Lenin. The people should have Singles Day. Wow, look at that. Look at that profile. The that people should have Singles Day. Can you imagine? Yeah. The gulag, they should spend everything they have. Well, Singles Day, it's all about love. I mean, maybe if Lenin had been a little bit more about love, they would have lasted longer. I don't know. I'll ask the, I'll ask the branch of my family that's related. It's very hard. Um, by the way, guys, back to Alibaba and this ant news we've been sharing. It does, you know, it does you zero in here on regulators who appear to be sharpening their focus on these micro lenders. Ant is, of course, number one amongst them. These very small loans that are made digitally to people, even for like going out to dinner, basically, but forcing them potentially to hold a much higher reserve against those loans. Currently at like one or two percent, the Chinese regulators in a draft of rules are talking about as high as 30 percent. Now, these are just draft rules. Doesn't mean they're going to go into effect. Uh, and there appears to be quite some time for them to sort of negotiate them. 
but they are kind of looking to reduce debt overall in the system. This would have a significant impact, one would imagine, Jim, on Ant's business in terms of at least its micro lending portion of its business if it has to hold a lot more capital against any of these micro loans. No, I mean, it's just it's disastrous for them. I don't necessarily want to write off Alibaba because it's a play on the consumer. No. That's why I do like JD more. No. But uh, rocket companies, for instance, which is our, you know, a lender that is just an incredible lender. That's the Jay Farner, uh, Dan yep. Gilbert lender. Yep. One of the biggest I mean, IPO this year they for would, us in yes, the U.S. It, I, I, those numbers would make them blanch 1% down. I think that's, you know, they like to package and get rid of them. But 1%. Right, but those are mortgages. These, these are micro loans. Right, this well, is micro like, loans. you know, I mean, you're going and taking your, you know, going to, out to dinner. I mean, we'll loan you 100 bucks. They take the loan out to go to dinner. Well, we, have a, we have a thing called American Express. Yeah. No, we right? do. We have a, that's very much it's micro loan. That is. It's not it's credit credit. Credit. Companies are micro lenders, but they're and they're charging sixteen percent, of course, which is not good either. Well, speaking of banks, Jim, uh, J.P. Morgan has been above the two hundred day one day since March, and today is the second time. Yeah, this uh, is shocking. Back to uh, one hundred three twenty. I think that people feel that uh, first of all that maybe there's not as much risk. They like the fact that interest rates, maybe there's a little uh, little vig that they have. But in the end, there is this value trade, Carl, that everybody keeps talking about. Like, we've got to get into value. And J.P. Morgan is value. BP is value. I always look at it like this. There are growth stocks. There are value stocks. And there are no value stocks. And I'm putting the uh, oils, which everybody suddenly loves. I mean, you know, I would love a thesis about why oil is doing better since it's doing worse. But J.P. Morgan is always doing well. And, and these things are trading. I mean, Goldman Sachs. OK, Goldman Sachs used to be. Dave, remember when Goldman Sachs was the premier place? It sells at seven times earnings. What are they doing? Throwing the money into a chimney? Wow. Seven times earnings. That's what does it take to have a seven, seven multiple? What did I, Bethlehem Steel had a set multiple Not ones. Not doing much good. I know. Maybe they want to, you know. What? I mean, maybe what? they should go private again. Oh. Go private. That's I'm, your answer. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. No. I mean, it's $66 bill. You'd have to put a premium. It's not going to happen. But my point is, when you're trading it seven times, if you believe in your business model, put well, your money where your mouth is. You should be able to buy back as much stock as you want, but the feds are in their face not letting them. Yeah. You should be able to raise the dividend, but the feds are in the face not letting them. Uh, so what do they do? They just sit there and they... Uh, a lot of them work at home. Carl, there's just this work at home thing is just, it's still there. I mean, it's more than ever. Yeah. Uh, I don't well, know. You mentioned buybacks, Jim. Uh, we do. Uh, really quick on buybacks, Mondelez and Twitter today uh, talking about reinstating uh, buybacks that have been previously suspended or out of place. Yeah, people didn't like the Mondelez number. It was down. I was listening to, to uh, Sarah yesterday, and my thought Mondelez is pretty good. I, I liked it. Now, Twitter, I mean, the. The independent committee, David, and you'll have to said, obviously, they were very independent, uh, right? They were independent, saying that Dorsey's allowed to stay was it, versus <laughs> Elliott. Was it Supremo independent or was it Uber independent? I think it's Uber independent. And Uber independent? Yeah. Hey, by the way, you know, we don't talk about the Uber, the Uber, legis- the, the ballot on whether Uber's going to make money or lose money for the next 10 years. Right? That, is that a referendum on the California ballot? Yeah. Today, right? It is. Yeah. Prop 22. We also have a lot yep. of cannabis. Yeah. Uh, cannabis Not ones. unimportant for the future of the company, no doubt. 
very well yeah. said. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, U Uber has done some saber rattling about the degree to which they'd have to raise fares if Prop 22 goes through. Uh, cannabis, Jim, it's on the ballot in New Jersey uh, for adult use. And yesterday we saw both cannabis and the solar ETFs doing about as well as they've done in a couple of weeks. Well, you got Arizona, Montana, New Jersey, South Dakota. Uh, currently, 11 states, District of Columbia, have made it legal. Uh, everyone's play, playing the Grow Generation, where you know, that's like the Home Depot of of, uh, of, of um, cannabis. And then, notice I was trying to figure not to say pot or marijuana. And yeah. then, uh, canopy, canopy growth had a move last night that was extraordinary. And uh, now it's giving some back. But don't forget, the people who own most of Canopy Growth are, are Constellation. Recommended again, this stock is now on a real tear. Remember, Constellation has apparently a very good tasting, not that I would know, cannabis drink that tastes great and is really less filling. <laughs> what else does it do? Well, it gives you a buzz, apparently. It's fantastic. It does? Yeah. Why haven't you tried it? <laughs> Why are you illegal, David? Uh, it is? In our, my state, it's illegal. Oh, not well. It, will it still be illegal in New Jersey? I don't know. But if they pass this, you know, put that right in front of me. I know to not kick that. Carl, uh, we have talked about, of course, the distress that so many states are under in terms of their budgets, given uh, given the lack of revenues, the increased cost of dealing with the virus. Uh, and one would expect that you might see more efforts to legalize marijuana, legalize gambling, anything yes. that can provide some sort of revenue producing opportunity for these states that are obviously quite stretched and looking to the federal government for some help that has yet to come or yet to come There's beyond so many what, what was previously yeah. given. There's so many states, Carl, that have not legalized gambling. And uh, like Pennsylvania, just killing it. New Jersey. New Jersey. It. Yeah. I yeah. mean, New Jersey's badly in need of money besides uh, uh, Dave Tepper's uh, tax return. Yeah. Him coming back was helpful. Yeah. Oh, my God. It made it so much better for We're the rest of talk. us. I love Dave Tepper. Not We're only talk to Sean and, Wooden later on today. And plus on Thursday, they play. Uh, and they better play McCaffrey. You know, when you speak to Tepper about the team, he's like more interested in when you talk. He's more interested in the economy. I, I, I mean, I, have McCaffrey, I told him I have McCaffrey in my fantasy league. What's the story? He does not. He downplays that aspect. He's the most serious business guy I deal with. And now he probably thinks I'm a total joker. But he's back in Jersey. David, you ought to move to Jersey. Tepper's back. Yeah, that was interesting that he came back. Of course, Robert Frank has uh, reported so often on the migration of so many wealthy people out of these high-tax states. Back to the election, of course, it will remain unclear if rates go up federally, how many people in high-tax states, if there is not a, a resumption of the SALT tax, the ability to deduct your state and local income taxes, how many people will leave. But Tepper did the opposite. I've always wondered, when you're worth that much money, why are you moving for taxes anyway? You're going to move away from your friends and your family to save some money, even though it's all about how much you're going to actually be leaving to your heirs and your grandkids and whatever. I mean, well, I, I don't know. Tepper's a billionaire with a human face. Right. And uh, we don't have a lot of those. Most of them are just faceless. But, Carl, um, I, uh, Carl I, I, I have to tell you, when I listen to Robert Frank, Robert Frank just makes me want to go to another country. Um, I, I mean, it's a, he's like, it's, the last one was like, what, 110%? I mean, he makes you feel like that you're working for the government now until we usually think it's till August. I now listen to him and think that under President Biden, Vice President Biden, the president, it's now you work. Where, where has he got us, Carl? Working until November before we get any money? Let's wait and see. Sounds about right. Yeah. Let's, right. Let's, it, could, it, it may not be good. Um, guys, before we get to Bob, I just want to give the Ant Group a statement. They are out with a statement, of course, talking, responding to all the things we've discussed this morning in terms of what's going on in Shanghai and Hong Kong, which have both said 
nope, we're not going ahead right now with your listing. Uh, Ant Group says it sincerely apologizes to investors for any inconvenience caused by the suspension uh, in Hong Kong and uh, Shanghai of its IPO. It says it will properly handle the follow-up matters in accordance with applicable regulations of the two exchanges and keep in close communication with Shanghai Stock Exchange and relevant regulators and will wait for regulators further notice with respect to further developments on the offering. So not much there, Carl, uh, in terms of any uh, path forward that we're learning about from Ant at this point on this very much unexpected news we got this morning. Yeah, it'd be a good day to hear from uh, from Jack Ma for sure. Uh, guys, uh, in terms of sectors, uh, everything green. VIX almost back to 35. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. Happy Tuesday, everybody, and happy Election Day. Uh, great start to the day. We have almost a 90% upside day. We had two 90% downside days or close to it last week, close to a 90% upside day at the open. And we'll see how that goes. And there's one trend. There's a couple trends been developing in the last few days. But one is still that belief in the stimulus idea. And you can see this small caps continuing to outperform large cap stocks. Cyclicals like transports uh, and industrials uh, continuing to outperform more defensive sectors and tech generally underperforming. This is all uh, indicative of continuing belief in stimulus. You may think it's a mirage or not. The market apparently uh, does not here. And you can see the stimulus play overall. I'm not just talking about today. If you put up since October 1st, small caps have tended to outperform. Uh, they're up about 5% for, uh, since October 1st. Uh, a, a small sector of alternative energy is continuing to do very well. Solar stocks have had a great run here. Uh, metals and mining, strong. Uh, value is, uh, believe it or not, flattish, but that's better than growth, which has been slightly down since the beginning uh, of October here. So all this, again, indicative of a little bit uh, of, a, uh, of a stimulus play here. Infrastructure stocks like Flora, Martin Marietta have been doing really well. The other major trend is they just don't care about tech earnings uh, or even good tech earnings. You look today at Skyworks had terrific numbers overall. It's trading down, surprisingly. PayPal, every they beat every analyst estimate. Now, yes, the, the revenue guidance for the fourth quarter about in line with expectations. People consider that disappointing now. So PayPal is trading down. But PayPal is way, way down. PayPal was 210, 212 back in the beginning of our earnings season. Uh, look at that. We're down 20% since there. So if you look at the tech trends and what's going on right now, fundamentals have been very strong. The numbers have been great. We've had big earnings beat. We put up that full screen here. And it's been sell the news on earnings. That's been the story since the beginning of tech season, October 12th, since the beginning of earnings season. And if you look at all the big names, the, they all beat. They all did well. Uh, only Google is trading above where it was since it started here. Everything else, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft and Netflix, and it doesn't matter. You go down the list there. You can look at Shopify. You can look at Spotify. Uh, these companies that all beat, heaven help you if you didn't beat, there's SAP. That's down 28% since its earnings. My point is, beat, you still sell on the news. Don't beat, you're in trouble like SAP here. Uh, and tech has been lagging overall, and I'm not picking on any of the mega cap names. If you just look at the S&P 500, down 6% since earnings season started. But tech's been down 10%. The semiconductor's down 8 Software's down about 9%. Tech in general has been sell on the news. That's the other major trend we've seen in the last couple of weeks. Guys, back to you. All right, Bob. We'll talk to you in a bit, uh, Bob Bassani. Let's talk some rates in dollar today. Rick Santelli. Hey, good morning, Rick. Good morning, Carl. Indeed, you know, we are right back on long maturities, basically the whole curve, actually, to the rates 
we were looking at on Friday, which were the highest closes going all the way back to June. And if you look at the three-day chart, you can see we're right back at 87 plus. We're close to 166 in 30s. And this really is something to pay attention to. And I will talk about this at 1040 Eastern today. You know, the central bank keeping rates low, but what's the world going to look like once we start to get better control of COVID? Open the chart up to June 1st. You can see what I'm talking about. We're hovering at levels now both intraday and on a closing basis. We haven't seen since early June. But the real key, the real key, if this gets legs from this point and starts challenging the mid-March, zoom back, that 120 close in 10s, I'm telling you, then things are going to get a lot more excited in the marketplace and the equities and many of the global equities are going to pay much more attention to what's going on with rates in the U.S. Look at the Boone differential. This starts on September 1st. The difference between our 10-year yields and Boone's now at 150 basis points is basically the widest it's been in seven months and it really merits paying close attention to. Finally, Carl talked about the dollar. Yesterday, we had the fourth higher close in the dollar index. Today, looks to break that pattern as you see on the one week chart but indeed we do know that the dollar index is multifaceted here many investors have moved into emerging markets which have gotten maybe a bit more risky so in my opinion the, the future of the dollar from these levels will have a lot to do with emerging market pricings carl jim david back to you yep uh, definitely one of the bigger calls right now rick thanks uh, Rick Santelli. So the Dow's uh, leading this morning up about one and a half percent. S&P 3338 has already taken out yesterday's high, getting us back to about a one week high. More squawk on the street in a moment. Don't go anywhere. We're watching all the battlegrounds today. Of course, Wisconsin is a big one. Let's get to Milwaukee, where we find our Phil LaBelle this morning. Hey, Phil. Hey, Carl, we are in the central count facility for Milwaukee. And what you see behind me are some of the people who are starting to process about 162,000 ballots. Now, these are ballots for people who voted earlier, who did absentee ballots. They're starting to work through those ballots now, and then obviously later today, tonight, and then into the early morning hours, they'll do the ballots for the people who are in line and at polling places today. One of the driving forces, the driving issues in this campaign here in the uh, Wisconsin area, it comes down to the economy, and specifically jobs. Manufacturing jobs took a big hit when the pandemic really hit this state back in April. A good example of that is Microbrush International. It had to lay off about 80% of its workers back in April because it is a dental implement company as that market was basically put on hold because of the pandemic. They had to lay off workers, but they pivoted, started making COVID-19 test swabs, eventually brought back almost all of their workers. And for the CEO of Young Industries, which is the parent company of Microbrush International, this is an example of the pivoting his company and others had to do this year. We invested all of our own money to, to recalibrate uh, the, the facility to be able to address this. So people felt really good about it. And they are still making those COVID-19 test swabs. You do not want to miss our coverage tonight, guys. During prime time, we will have not only more reports from here in Wisconsin, but across the country as we take a look at what happens as millions of Americans are voting today and they're processing the ballots here in Milwaukee. Guys, back to you. I was going to say, Phil, I think Wisconsin's one of those states where you can register to vote in person uh, even today. And I assume the turnout that we've seen around the country, uh, that trend is no different where you are today. I haven't been to a polling place yet. They only opened about an hour ago. We've been here at the Central Count facility. Uh, they're busy here. And by the way, 
They expect us to be here all the way through until between 4 and 6 a.m. Central Time tomorrow. Phil LeBeau in Milwaukee, obviously one of the important battlegrounds in Wisconsin. Uh, Phil, thanks. We'll take a break here as the markets continue their rally from yesterday. At this point, it's the best two-day gain for the Dow since June 5th and 8th. We're back in a minute. Apple, Netflix, Amazon are the top-performing FANG names since the 2016 election, each up more than 280%. Uh, Although Katie Huberty of Morgan Stanley has a note out today looking at heightened regulatory risks, at least for Apple. Uh, Later on, we'll take a look at what to expect from Fang over the next four years. Don't go anywhere. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. I hesitate to call bottom because the selling is very vociferous, but Skyworks Solutions had an amazing quarter last night, including incredible numbers from a client that they can't mention, which is Apple, a huge number of business in China. It is on fire. They even bought back stock. Liam Griffin is doing a fantastic job, but it's not enough. It's not enough because people just want their uh, pound of flesh. I think that this one in two days will be higher, not lower, and people should stop selling it, but they won't. Uh, but it was a really great quarter, and it does reflect very well on Apple. And the second note that Katie Huberty put out was a note about app stores doing very well at acceleration. Very good read-through by Skyworks, and this is a company that is Mr. 5G is what I call it. Mr. 5G. Hmm. Jim, really quick, I mean, do, should investors count on a big change in regulatory pressure under a change in administration? At no, least for Fang? I don't think so. I mean, in the end, no... Uh, I'm speaking to Aaron Levy tonight about uh, with Box, and I know you'll be here tonight. Uh, and Box is uh, this is a company, and he's an outspoken person about what the government can and can't do. Uh, but remember, what the government does is not necessarily bad for these companies. I and mean, breaking up Google, uh, I'm working with Facebook to try to figure out how how evil they really are, which I think is not. So no, I'm not worried about <laughs> I'm not worried about government regulation. Uh, and by the way, fracking, we had someone earlier today on our show talk about how fracking could be hurt in, in Pennsylvania. Only 1% of fracking is on federal, federal uh, land. So let's just tell the truth. It's not going to be that different. Jim, what do you got tonight? Thermo Fisher was up 1,523% since this week in 2000. The S&P was up 131%. So I know, I mean, look, I know about, I don't know jack about politics, and I admit that, but what I know is a winner. And winner, Mark Casper, Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I say go Thermo Fisher, number one producer of PCR machines under either under either Biden or Trump. PCR is everything. Jim, we'll see you at six and then uh, later on tonight as well. Oh, yeah, I'm talk just, soon. I'm not part of the sleeping uh, bag contingent, but I, I'll be here. <laughs> uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. FedEx.